0: Welcome back to another episode of Raw Talk. In this episode, we have a very lovely guest, Emily. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. I'm so
0: excited to just jump into everything. So
1: before we start, tell us a little bit more about you. (laughs) I don't know where to start. I feel like I... (laughs) I (laughs) I don't I mean, I'm such like a multifaceted person. And yeah. obviously we found each other through modeling and you're an yeah. amazing photographer and that was kind of how we touch base. But literally, yeah. It, it's something I've recently started pursuing. But I feel like uh before that I had a very traditional kind of life. I had a yeah. corporate job and then I branching out for me was working in um, the aquaculture industry, which is basically marine sciences. Some- oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, something I'm really passionate about, and that felt like you know a really huge break from the traditional life I had before. And then right. I think once I started that, it kind of allowed me to open my mind up to pretty much any other way I, or direction I wanted to take my life. Yeah, absolutely. And we did meet through modeling.
0: <laughs> you yeah. really bring that up, you know. That was something that, and I just want to bring this up here because I feel like everything happens for a reason. Like everybody is intertwined in some way, you know, no matter what it is, you know, whether it's like work related or whatever. And I really think we connected for a reason. I definitely
1: a hundred percent agree on that. Um, (laughs) I feel like things happen for a reason. And I actually got into the modeling industry through acting. And that really happened because the first week I had left my job. It was so random. It was actually this time last year. It was a beautiful 70 degree day in November. And I said to my fiance, because we live in a coastal town, I was like, do you want to go for a swim? I was like, I know (laughs) it's like freezing out, but I don't know. I kind of feel like going for a swim. And we live in like definitely a really characteristic, like salty New England town, just like a (laughs) lot of local flavor, a lot of like drunken sailor types. (laughs) And oh so God. we're like, we're about to jump in the ocean and this guy comes running down the street and we're like, oh boy, like, here we go, another character. And this um. guy's like, excuse me, excuse me. And we're like, oh boy, like brace for impact. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, I work for the Massachusetts Film Board and I'm working on a project right now. And I know for a fact that we're looking for somebody with your description and I think you could oh. be a good fit. And he was like, I don't work in casting, but, you know, here's the link and where you should apply. And I was just like, "Whoa, that was so (laughs) random! Like, I'd never seen that guy around town." And I mean, when you live here all year round, you definitely know the locals. And I've never seen him since. And so I had went and I applied to that specific job. I didn't get it, but I was like, you know what? While I'm at it, like, I'm gonna apply for a couple different like casting agencies and stuff like that in the Boston area. Absolutely. So I did it, and like, I didn't think much of it, and I was kind of looking at like other full time jobs, and then within a month I got my kind of like first acting job and I was like so shocked because I was like this really was chance and like as a kid acting was something I always always loved and I just kind of stopped doing it in high school, I guess, but I absolutely loved it. So talk about like chance. I don't know. It's just funny how things work. Just work out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. And I wanted to ask you about your modeling experience. I know you're like Mm -hmm. pretty new to it, Yeah, but you know, how has that experience been like for
1: you so far? Well, the crazy thing is like, it's definitely far outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And in the last year, starting with acting, I've really been outside my comfort zone and it's been, it's really forced me to grow as a person. Yeah. And I feel like I got stuck in a state where I just like was not pushing myself and Mm -hmm. I was comfortable in that comfortability, which is so not me as a person. Like anyone who's known me for a long time knows that like I'm adventurous, like I love trying new things. And I just kind of feel like I got into modeling and I was like, I had done acting a little bit and, I was working on a couple of projects and people were like, oh, you know, I, I, model, like, I think it's something you could do. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and then I, I applied to an agency in Boston and the first agency, it was like a no go. Cause I just had such nervous, chaotic energy and I could just yeah. tell I did not vibe with mm-hmm. the casting agent for that specific agency and I like walked out and you know when you know you just bomb something I know, yeah. <laughs> and my fiance he was so supportive he was like no I'm sure it was great I was like no you don't understand like uh-huh. it was really bad and I was like oh, but I was like but that's okay it's a learning experience so yeah. I kind of like that was last December and I kind of like put it off probably mm-hmm. until this summer Wow, and okay. yeah, I, I didn't really return back to it because I kind of focused more on acting. Yeah, it's trying to hurt. It yeah. really is. And it's not that it was like such a bad experience that like I didn't want to return to it. It just like didn't feel right in the moment. I needed right. to like learn more self-confidence, I think, and...
0: Absolutely.
1: And I kind of returned to it this summer and I just had a lot better of an experience. I was more sure of myself and mm-hmm. I definitely went into it like, okay, I can definitely do this and like I know how to sell myself as a person. And I feel like that confidence really translated. And so, yeah, I'd, definitely. I got signed to Dynasty, which is where I know you used to be. Yes. Signed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a great little agency. I mean, I've done it like a couple of runway shows which was really cool because that was like the first time I did it I know and yeah I was so nervous and the first show the very first walk uh we actually got to wear sunglasses for the look and I felt like it was a great introductory walk because I was like I had to remind myself I was like just act like act like you're (laughs) confident act like you know what you're doing yeah. It felt really good to have like sunglasses on, kind of like shade everything yeah. out, yeah, yeah, and then it's get that first, out. yeah, get that <laughs> yeah. first walk under your belt. So
0: I know it's like I think when you first walk out, when you do your first show, it's probably the most surreal moment. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's like a specific feeling that you can't really justify you can't really explain because it's like it's like you're walking on cloud nine literally yeah <laughs> and you just don't know when it's gonna stop you don't know when it's gonna end and you're just you're just walking out and like for me I remember my first show I was oh my gosh such a, you talk about a ball of nerves no like I was <laughs> so scared and you know I just remember getting dressed behind the scenes and oh my gosh I was so nervous but again once you get out there it's like all the butterflies they just go away and you're you're just rocking it yeah Yeah. absolutely so I wanted to ask you too I talk about mental health a lot on Mm -hmm. this podcast and I feel like it's just so like it's not only important but it's just something that I feel like needs to be talked about more Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you can agree so I mean from like going from literally just being like a small town girl and you know just never modeling or anything like that how has that affected you mentally from then to now
1: it's really funny you ask that question because mental health was something that I feel like I guess I always I never really always struggled with it I've always been a very um I guess I was always affected by how people perceived me in my Mm -hmm. younger years Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got to college I think that I really started to develop kind of like a shaky mental health okay and like I said I had a very traditional upbringing and Mm -hmm. I had a very I guess like somewhat normal high school experience but when I got to college and like I guess when I think of mental health, because I specifically have struggled with my health severely, okay. I think of them as deeply intertwined. And I think of that because I have an autoimmune disorder. Okay. I'm getting like shaky just talking oh about it. Goodness. so funny. Uh-huh. Um, I just feel like I've gotten to such a great place with my mental health in the last year. and Part of that is like owning your story, you yes. know? Yes.
0: Yes.
1: And I share it with people who are closest to me, but I'm not sure I've ever spoken so openly about it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely like, I'm excited right now because it's out of my comfort zone it's going to push me. Yeah. But when I think of my mental health, I guess I think about my physical health because it's something that I've always struggled with. And when you think of mental health, it encapsulates encapsulates so many different facets, like Mm -hmm. how people perceive you, how you perceive yourself, like how you look, how you feel. And Something that I've always struggled with, I guess, is just like being so ill is I was definitely always the kid in high school that was like the sick kid. Like oh my god, I mean miss... Me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 And then you got I... labeled
0: for it and then like, yeah. and judged and yeah, I can relate 100%.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it was just so brutal because it was like I was basically out of school all of sophomore year of high school. I oh my was, god, me like, too. Hospitalized. <laughs> yeah. And then like a good half of my junior year. And so what that did to my mental health was so fascinating because I feel like sophomore year is the time in your life where you know freshman year you're like trying to get the high school experience, experience under your yeah. belt right everyone's still afraid sophomore year you really start to see like people start partying people start trying drugs like mm-hmm. sexual experimentation oh, it's a whole other level. all of that yeah. yeah and so I really missed that while I was mm-hmm. out of school and there was sort of that pressure when I like you know returned to school that like to kind of pick up where I I left off but like all of a sudden my friends were like light years ahead of me and I had missed so much and like Mm -hmm. when you go through a experience like that at such a young age it really gave me this intensity for life and an appreciation for it and suddenly like I had just kind of lost a lot of friends because it was just you just look at things so intensely and like you know you really appreciate every day and Like I just, all of a sudden I wanted to live life as big as possible. Like I wanted to see the world. I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to be the best version of myself. And I think that's kind of, when I think of mental health, that's where it really started for me. Yeah. And I very much felt alone those couple of years. And then I got to college and I was an athlete. So I was a division one athlete. Oh, okay. And I was so thankful to get to college because I had missed so much school
0: Right. my grades just
1: were not great so my ticket into a traditional like college experience was definitely going to be through athletics and I was so thankful for that
0: yes but I
1: definitely picked a school that was not right for me but I kind of felt this pressure to pick it because my sister was also an athlete so we ended up going to the same school and one of those things was like should I ever get that sick again like I had a family member and that was kind of like insurance for my parents that like they knew I was going to be okay they knew the school Mm -hmm. like they knew the team and it just definitely wasn't the right experience for me it was a very regimented experience and like again I'm thankful for it but that was I think where I really started to see my mental health deteriorate because it was like I had gotten very sick again like after my freshman year of college and I was so frail and so ill and it was from the treatment that I got in for the autoimmune disorder. Oh, okay. Which is like pretty rare. And like, yeah. I had been on the specific treatment for about two years and I actually got like a cancerous mass on my lymph oh my nodes. gosh! Wow. It, yeah. It was mortifying. And like, it had been going on for months, my, the freshman year of college. And I kind of like, didn't really realize how serious it was. And right. I couldn't really go home to get the treatment I needed. So by the time I had gotten home that summer like I, I had to get the treatment and like my body like at that point had carried me so long that it really I was just in a terrible state yeah and I wow. remember thinking like I was like I don't really love my school experience but like I want to do anything but be in a hospital right now yeah. you know
0: yeah yeah it like motivated you
1: totally and then it was like you know you have to work so hard to get back up to like oh, yeah. your physical stamina mm-hmm. and then to also be an athlete and like my practice was 6 to 8 30 every morning so it was you know oh, wow. you're barely surviving when That's you have amazing. any sort of illness or autoimmune disorder yeah. it's like you're always tired right yeah so it's like on that front I was deteriorating like anything that normal people could function and do is just like that much harder and wow. so it's like this I just felt so like wrapped in this fragility of like crumbling I was like trying to juggle school like my health my mental health my physical health and like it didn't feel like it was something I could talk about with a lot of people because it's just so hard right. to relate and then I'd yep. also learned in the past that like you know some people don't really care or like just don't understand you know and right. so I yeah how I started to cope with that was like joking all the time like everything mm-hmm. was a joke okay yeah and I think I did it to, like, make other people more comfortable, but maybe because I was also afraid for people to see my vulnerability, which is, like... Yeah, that makes sense. That was your shield. Totally. And I, like, think about it now, and it's just, like, that is so sad that, like, you kind of do that to yourself, you know? Yeah.
0: No, like, I can relate 100%. I mean, I've never had, like, what you had, but I can relate to an extent where, you know, you leave a situation Or, you know, you're going to school all the time, and then Mm -hmm. you're not, and then you get hardcore judged for it. Yeah. And then people aren't, like, accepting and definitely aren't, you know, like, and I'm sure you've gotten this as well, but, like, have you ever had, like, a moment of your life where, let's just say, you know, nobody finds you, like, you know like no one finds you interesting no one is fascinated with your life like no one cares about you and then once you start doing something that you love <laughs> then you automatically become fascinating and you automatically oh my you, know, you have people knocking on your door you
1: know, I, whatever happened to you oh my god like yes totally my mm-hmm. fiance and i talk about this all the time and i mm-hmm. think it's because like once you start to connect with your authenticity i think authenticity and creativity are like the Closest form to magic that we're ever gonna see in this lifetime. Like when I'm doing something creative, because I'm just such a, I feel like a creative individual. When I'm writing, when I'm drawing, when I'm painting, it's like that inspiration. It just like it comes from somewhere, and like you try to harness it. But I think authenticity is the same thing. You know, it shines out of you, and it's true happiness. And people don't know exactly what they're seeing, but they're definitely drawn to it like a moth to a flame. You know, exactly. I think, you know, if you had been in, like, obviously you just said you were in a similar situation and it's like, to really know yourself in that way, really kind of like forces you to be vulnerable with yourself and embrace your authenticity. Right. And so when you, like, for me, I had been so shut off to who I was, I think for a while and I kind of like closed off Um, and it kind of like pushed people away. And like, I definitely didn't mean to, but when I started to embrace that authenticity, I definitely was interested in how, yeah. All of a sudden, people definitely seem to notice that,
0: right? And like, definitely people from your past, like, oh yeah, oh my god, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you know that happens all the time to me. It still happens to me, and yeah, you know, it's so so weird because when I was when I I started modeling when I was about fifteen, really that's when it really started like really getting interest, and that's when I really started doing it and really. Mm-hmm started really just take you know just getting my name out there and getting signed and doing my thing and it was so interesting to me because people that I didn't even know you know from my school um it was very very hard because so many people were automatically interested in me because I modeled Mm -hmm. and I didn't even go to that school anymore so it was hard for me because there's people no matter what you do I'm sure you can relate to this as well no matter what you do there's always going to be a critic there's Mm -hmm. always going to be someone saying something whether it's good or bad for me it was a negative response but Mm -hmm. for me it was really hard to see that because I'm like I'm the type of person where like and I'm sure you are too where if someone's following their dreams and like you don't even know them or maybe you knew them or you want to know them or whatever you just root them on. You don't totally ever wish bad on them or, you know, you just don't do that. But for me, it was like, I dealt with that negative energy all the time. And I feel like it really shaped me into who I am today, you know, mm-hmm. without those negative responses and without all of that, you know, I would never be the woman I am today. You know, like I would never be the person, I, I would have never grown in the way that I've grown now, if that makes sense. You know, like I've never, you know, because when you're dealing with that, it's not only – it's heartbreaking but not only that it's it really mentally prepares you and it definitely yeah it prepares you for life in a way (laughs) yeah
1: so I mean I 100% agree with that and I feel like something that kind of goes along with that that I've kind of experienced a lot in my life is definitely like the stigma that people like to stick on you. Like, if you say, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a model, they're like, oh, "Oh, you know, you must be boring or not interesting. So, like, I still don't introduce myself to people and say, like, oh, like, if I say especially because I'm so new in the modeling and acting world, I don't think I would ever bring up to someone, oh, like I model and I act. I'm learning mm-hmm. to embrace that. Yeah. But I am so afraid of the stigma that people yes. will stick on me oh, and they'll go, yeah. I'm sure like they do the whole in the in their head, like, oh, model slash actress <laughs> or oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm working on just like not giving a shit about that. But yeah. Yeah. I it's feel hard like... to, though. It's hard not to give a shit about it, though. Yeah, because I think, you know, when people, the people who are doing that, they're trying to weaponize something that's good in your life against you. And those aren't people that I'd really want to spend my time with anyways, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I feel like even just the stigma of like, you know, being a fairly attractive woman, this is like something I'm bracing. I feel like I'm pretty down to earth. I'm pretty funny. Yeah. And like, oh God, that no, no, has been that. <laughs> weaponized against me more than mm-hmm. anything in this lifetime. Like, oh,
0: yes. Oh, mm-hmm. like,
1: you think you can have that sense of humor. You have like a dude's sense of humor or like, yeah, oh, you um... think you're so smart, like not smart enough for this. Or like, oh, are you really interested in that? Or are you just saying you're interested in that? It's like, It's honestly fucking exhausting sometimes in today's world what women have to deal with.
0: 100%. Yeah. And I
1: just like, I'm just tired of it. And I just feel like you either can get on with it or you can't. Like, I'm going to leave that behind. You know what I mean? Like, join me or fall behind. I really don't care anymore. (laughs) Seriously.
0: No, I I agree 100%. And like, you're so right about the stigma. Like, I remember when I modeled in my teens, I would, oh my God, that stigma was always there. It was like, mm-hmm. people would think I was stupid. People wouldn't think I was doing anything with my life. Mm-hmm. They just thought I was doing it for fun or I was just doing it to say, to, you know, to just whatever. I mean, it was never, re- people never really viewed it as mm-hmm. like a serious profession. And I'm sure like you've gotten that as well. Like people, they don't tend to, they just think it's like a fake thing. <laughs> they think it's just, yeah. you're playing dress the ball day, you know, it's easy, but it's so, there's so many more dimensions to it. You know, it's not just putting on an outfit and no, it's so much more than that. I mean, there's a crew, there's, you know, so many people on board and and on set and they're all working, you know, to get that $1 million shot. And it's a lot of pressure and it is a real job for me. Mm -hmm. I remember when I would date, um, like a long time ago when I was like a little teenager and I would go on dates with people and it was just like, it was I would never tell them that I modeled because I would never want them to think, oh, well, I'm getting with a model or mm-hmm. you know. Da, da, da. You know, some certain guys, males, will think like that. They oh, a thousand like, oh, percent. Look with a model, like look at me, like mm. and I hate to say this, but like I will publicly say this. Like I was used as arm candy like multiple times. And at the time I didn't really know that. I was just Mm -hmm. like oh this guy wants to hang out with me at like a game like whatever but now that I'm older and I look back on those experiences now I'm like oh wow okay I was used for that night you know and I think that's where that kind of comes in that stigma because that's when you know you don't really get taken seriously right and that hurts so badly it hurts so bad it does and you know I I literally look back on my life and I'm like oh my gosh I wish I never went out with any of these people but you know you live and you learn but that's how that's how crazy it can actually get, you know, Definitely. you think you know someone, you think they care, you open up and then that happens and you're like, what? You know, so it's, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny too, because it's like, all right, think of it like this. Like we live in our bodies. We look at ourselves every day. Like you only have you to compare against yourself. So it's like, even if you are an extremely attractive person, like, yeah, I don't care if you're frigging Kim Kardashian, right? Yeah. Or like, any of these Victoria's Secret models, like you're looking at yourself every day in the mirror and you're like I mean I don't like you see beauty in other people you may not see it in yourself so it's like even if you are a fairly attractive person it's like Mm -hmm. if somebody is dating you for arm candy that's like so hard for you to see because it's like I just am who I am like I don't see myself for my looks like yeah you know what I mean it's like some days I can wake up and I'm like oh like having a great skin day having a great hair day like I feel really good about myself but it's never like I'm thinking You know, maybe the way sometimes somebody perceives me like, oh, that's somebody that I'd like to fuck or like she's really attractive. It's like I'm always thinking of myself as like a complete individual with like thoughts, dreams, hopes, drives, all these things. And it's like, you know, when you are dating, sometimes people genuinely do not see those things about you and really are only perceiving you for how you look. And it's just like such a bizarre concept because it's like you don't see yourself that way. Right. And like. I mean. I've definitely shop out of college. I found it like I, it was so intriguing because as a student athlete, like one of the things they really stress and put on you is like, be professional, be on time. Like, you know, you're a representative of our university, this and that. And so like, I was so afraid to go outside that rigid box of professionality yeah. mm-hmm. that when I got my first job out of college, it was you know, it's kind of a notorious place to work in Boston because it's really great for your social life, but it's also a pretty good place to start your career. Right. But I, at that point, had just you know, like I was saying, I was at a point in my life where I was so closed off to everything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to work, get there early, like work all the overtime I can check, check, check. I'm going to move up the ladder, this and that. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to have a social life. I'm not going to make any friends here. This is a job and it is what it is. Right. And I did that for six months. And the funny thing was I actually had a cousin who worked, I had two cousins who worked there. And I said to one of my cousins, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm working my ass off and I'm just like not moving up this ladder And he kind of laughed and he was like, you need to like go out and socialize and drink more. And that was just (laughs) like, so what I expected him not to say. Yeah. He was like, this is the kind of place where it's like, you have to socialize, you have to go out, people have to like you, like, that's how you move up. And he is like, if you don't do that, like, you're gonna kind of stay in the same place. And it was so hard for me to do that. Yeah. And when I started doing it, when I, I felt like the way I was treated as an employee, like, I wasn't, you know, going and getting shit faced, but I was staying after for, you know, we'd have yeah. like a quarterly, like, meetings or whatever or mingles or, like, team bonding things. And it was, like, I started seeing the same people out over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. in overlapping teams. Oh, yeah, 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 And my team or, like, the department I worked in specifically had a reputation for um, young college graduates, mostly women, and those who didn't take their career seriously. And I felt like if I was going out, I was going to get kind of like lumped into that category. Yeah. You're going to get labeled as, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that and it was just like the men, especially the older men, were so inappropriate and it was deeply Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Wow. And it was so frustrating to the point where I actually left my job there because I just could not be taken seriously. And it was nothing that I had done. I mean, the work culture there was absolutely atrocious and I think a lot more people know about this now. You know, they've had a couple of like lawsuits against them and oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can guess now what I'm what, probably where I'm talking about. I think what. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just remember like I had gotten to a point where I'd actually worked on a really big project and we had gotten like a lot of no- notoriety. This was a brand that was trying to expand in the United States. They were using our website. My boss picked up the project and I was like, the only person that had been on our team the longest. So we were working very closely on it. Okay. And we had this like celebratory luncheon. And we talked about the project with the the specific team, the ops team that had launched it on the site. So we were celebrating. And I'll never forget, like as the lead guy was talking and like, at this point, like you kind of know people. So I knew he was like 40 plus married kids, but the whole time he was talking, it was just like, so inappropriately staring at me <laughs> oh, like my you know the male gaze like and even at the end yeah. had winked at me and at this point oh. other managers had noticed oh, and I found myself like kind of like skirting myself behind other people yeah. and I I didn't even stay around after we finished talking I actually left and I kind of like I broke down because I was just like that was so humiliating like yeah. I didn't do anything to kind of like bring that on no. and in that same week, my fiance, who was also working in the city at the time, he had met me. We got coffee together. I like met him outside the workplace. And I remember this guy like walked by and was staring at us. And I just lost my shit on this random guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not somebody to do that, but I lost my shit. And I was like, what are you staring at? Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I don't even remember what I said. I went off on him. And mm-hmm. as luck would yeah. fucking have it, this guy, he goes, honey, I was staring at how cute your outfit was. And I thought what a nice couple you were. And I was like, I just took out years of like (laughs) straight men aggression on this innocent, like gay man. And he was so mortified. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I have to leave here. Like that is humiliating. I just (laughs) did that in public.
0: And I was like,
1: I was like, this is not okay that like I have, I almost like internalized the misogyny, you know? And I held on to that for so many years. Like It took a long time to release that because it was like, it was almost like the more I was getting that sort of attention, it was like the more prickly my demeanor became. And then suddenly it was like this weird challenge. And it was almost like I was attracting more men by being more standoffish. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's just so hard to, I think, be a woman in a professional setting sometimes, you know? It is. Yeah.
0: I mean, absolutely. I remember when I when I did modeling, Um, I can't tell you how many times, like, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but I cannot tell you how many times, like, I was either shooting, like, on a street or I was shooting, like, in a public area. And keep in mind, I was, like, 15, 16 years old. I was a minor. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I got catcalled. I mean, people were, you know really in my space like I, I cannot tell you you know there was one moment where because this does happen in school too like this does this this does this happens like everywhere <laughs> yeah. um but I have I have another story so this was when I was in high school and I was dating a person who was a freshman in college and why I did that I don't know why the fuck I did that but I did.
1: <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> we've all been there and
0: I did that and um he was he was a nice boy you know he was whatever you know and I really thought that once you're dating someone that person is supposed to you know let's just say I don't know protect you and care for you and look out for your best interest and I will never forget this this story like the day I die so we're in the cafeteria getting food and there's this like huge crowd of like guys and they're like sports guys. So they're like really like jacked and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're that crowd. The male bravado, yeah. Literally. <laughs> and like they're really loud and they're really like hot and they're loud and they're just, you know, all blah, blah, So, you know, I'm, you know, walking with my boyfriend and, you know, I literally just get like stopped by this one guy. And he's like, yo, who, who's she? And my boyfriend was like, oh, this is my girlfriend, Nikki. And he's like, what's up? I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I hope you're doing well. You know, I just kind of was nice, Mm -hmm. you know. And next thing you know, they cut the whole crowd. I want to say like maybe like 15 kids, to be honest with you. They all gather around me, okay? And my boyfriend's not doing anything. You know, I Mm would hope that he would have been like, hey, like, okay, we have to go. Bye, you know. And they all start taking pictures with me. And I keep on having to ask, you know, dodge these questions that are getting asked my way, like, girl, do you model like da da, 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 da you know, and just like really like derogatory, is that the word derogatory? Yeah. <laughs> questions. And it was really awkward because my boyfriend at the time did not get me out of that situation. And here I have a bunch of guys trying. it was like it was almost as if I was like a mm-hmm. celebrity or something. It was really, really weird. And they were getting pictures with me and stuff, and that was where I was just like this is actually getting promoted by mm-hmm. a person that I think cares about me when in reality they don't. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those experiences that, you know, like if there's, let's just say, like an attractive woman, you know, everyone has to kind of crowd around that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and kind of get a piece of it. Um, and like, I wasn't even like. I mean, <laughs> I looked a lot different than I do now. Like yeah. I had bleached blonde hair, and like I, w- I would wear like little mini dresses and mini skirts, and like I looked completely different. And you know, like it was just one of those times where I thought, okay, well, maybe it's the way that I'm dressing. Like maybe if yep. I put on just isn't outfit, the worst. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe if like I get rid of like my hair, like maybe if I just t- tone it down a little bit. Oh my like God, maybe I it relate won't be that to way. this so
1: much. I right. Did that- I actually went through that where after that first job, I started kind of like dyeing my hair brown. And it's yes. so funny. Like yeah. you start to, like I said, I was like, all right. You know, it started slowly. Like I started, you know, putting my hair darker. And then eventually it was like, I was dyeing it brown. And, you know, I would find right. myself filtering myself with like my jokes or my comments or right. I would make my personality as monotone as possible. My clothes were so, I love to dress up. I love fashion. Like oh, I feel cute. my best when I'm like, putting my best foot forward but like I stopped dressing up like it was Mm -hmm. always super simple because I was like maybe maybe if I just tone down who I am like that won't happen anymore that attention won't be welcomed and it happens for so long that all of a sudden you wake up and you realize like I don't even like the way I look or like I you know other people seem to like it maybe or like you know I got compliments like oh you look so great dark hair this and that and then one day I finally realized like you know I don't even really love the way I look like it's almost like you cut off your nose just to spite your face type of thing, right. you know? Yeah, And yeah. I remember, like, I definitely kind of went through a similar experience like that in college. And it was funny because, like, being on a team, that was my whole atmosphere. That was my world, you know, like, your closest. Right. And the unique thing about it is that the sport I was in, it's – 30 females and 30 males training together. Oh, okay. And it was not like a Greek or geek school. You know, we had athletics really. And it was a very, um, beyond that was like a very nerdy school. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because it was like, there was always kind of, I feel like that animosity. And I feel like that definitely wouldn't have been there if the men and the women had been separate. And the hard part about that was, was if you got that male attention, I felt the women sometimes came for you. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, sometimes you didn't even want that attention. So now all of a sudden it was, like, you don't have female friends and you're not respected by your male teammates. And that was one of the – that was probably the beginning of the end for my mental health, you know? it's like, I really had to start finding things outside of being an athlete. And, you know, it was funny with our team. It was almost, like, cult-like. It was, like, if you sort of branched out and, like, had – you know, teammates or friends that weren't on the team or classmates that were your friends, you were kind of like a pariah on the team. So it was like, I had to find things like I had an internship and that was 100% for me. Like I went out and I got that internship. It was something that was separate from my team. Like I got to travel for it. It was an incredible opportunity. And then, you know, volunteering, like I had to find these opportunities that were very separate from that experience because it was like, that's where i find myself in those sort of opportunities
0: right yeah and like you know since we're like on this topic as well i mean like i don't know if you've noticed you're like like i don't know if you ever i don't know if this is like ever happening to you but like like okay so have you ever had a moment where you're with like let's just say another like female friend or a group of females and you know someone in the group gets catcalled or mm-hmm. something whatever And then the girls automatically get very upset because you got catcalled and they didn't.
1: It's funny because I I feel like stuff like that would definitely happen in college. I mean, I don't know if that's like everybody had that experience in college. But I think the hard thing about my experience in college is, like I said, it was – all our team all the time so it's like if you got attention from someone and they were dating somebody else or like you got attention from someone and you know one of your friends liked that person it was gonna cause friction right so I made a real point I feel like when I got out of college like it was like I have to have um girlfriends that like are not like that you know it was like and it was almost like I really had to have friends that like totally embraced who I was and I wanted people who totally embraced who they were because I feel like the people who are most in touch with themselves, authentic with themselves, like they can embrace other people's authenticity and and not feel that way, you know?
0: Absolutely. Because like I've had like some friends and like it it was weird because I don't know like any – like I don't know anybody now that I'm an adult that would like Mm -hmm. want to like welcome on that attention. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a lot of times where – you know, I did witness that a lot. And I, I don't know why that is, you know, I've noticed a lot of people, um, like, especially when I modeled, you know, it was always like fighting for the male's attention, fighting for, you know, getting seen in public, or, you know, something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, there were some experiences that I had where I would be like, let's just say with a group of women, and, you know, someone would get, you know, blah, blah, blah. And automatically, it was like, okay, well, we can't be her friend anymore because she's this and she's that. You know, it was a very, very weird time. And, you know, I don't really know why that is. You know, I don't... Because, like, I, like I think this kind of just relates back to friend groups. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like my friend groups have... My friend group now, I should say, is so much different. Yeah, than, it evolves from your right, your
1: 20s to your older 20s or mid-20s. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, I feel like my friend group when I was a teenager, back when, like, I was doing this and doing that like it was Ugh. so much different totally versus now you know and I feel like that just comes like along with maturity but it also mm-hmm. comes along with boundaries and filter filtering out certain behaviors and you know really just looking out for yourself because when I was a- when I was a teenager I was just friends with anybody who wanted mm-hmm. to be friends with me oh you totally know? yeah right like <laughs> I didn't really think twice about it I was like oh okay blah, blah, blah you know but I didn't like give it to I-, I didn't really think too hard about it when reality now that I'm older I'm like okay well I have to really like See what their intentions are and like really mm-hmm. check them out, you know. Yeah, like, and do we vibe yeah. together?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's funny though, because I feel like so the thing with me in high school was I feel like where I grew up, I was not conventionally pretty. I was not um, thought neither. of as like no. <laughs> what people were attracted to. And so yeah. and then add on top that like I was so sick. I was like very frail and I remember like I would get bullied a lot for people to be like, oh you're anorexic or like this or that and it's just like so sad that like imagine going through all that and then you know on top of like an already kind of failing or like the beginning of like a somewhat failing mental health then people are critiquing you for how you look so a lot of my friends like they were you know at the time considered like oh so beautiful and like
0: you know what my
1: hometown regarded as like hot or this or that and like I was not that and I kind of am really thankful for that because I feel like the people who do get swept up in that in high school they like never leave your hometown you know they never go out they their world becomes so small and like yes the flip side of that was when I had gotten to college all of a sudden like people thought I knew I was attractive or something I don't it's ah. so weird the way the world treats people yeah it like, is beautiful yeah. people I guess. I guess but then I try yeah. to think about it and I'm like like I remember when I was facetiming you I was like oh my god you are so stunning and then it's like Aww. a good reminder that it's like beauty actually is like, you can see it in everyone. You know what I mean? There's something beautiful in everyone. And because like I mentioned earlier, like we live in our bodies, like we live in ourselves. but like I could pick out something beautiful in each one of my friends that like, they wouldn't even think to consider. And it's just like, you know that's kind of why I think it may feel like you get that attention but it's because like you may be crossing paths with someone and they're just taking note of that or recognizing or appreciating that which sometimes like when I'm in that uncomfortability I kind of have to remind myself but like When it does come to that, I guess, like, male attention, it can get a little bit uncomfortable because I feel like their intentions are definitely unsavory. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, like, that's the thing. I think, too, like, once you've gone through so many, like, experiences, like, I can see this in myself. Like, I think when you've been through so many weird experiences like that, you're you're very guarded. Like, for me, I'm very guarded around men. And, like, mm-hmm. I always have been, but, like, I feel like now that, like, I'm in my 20s, like, now I'm, like, okay, I'm a lot more guarded than I was when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. You know? And you have to be nowadays, you know? Um, But, like, that, that's, like, such, a, like, another topic. But, yeah, I mean, I think in general, you know, you're so right about there is beauty in everyone. Like, I'm the same way. Like, I could literally call out 10 beautiful traits mm-hmm. that I find in my friends, like, both externally and internally, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way it is, you know? But... Yeah, I mean, so how did you? I mean, I want to ask you too. Like, when did you truly like gain that confidence? Like, when did, when did you truly feel like you were just like owning
1: it? Mm, like last Tuesday around like eight PM. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, no. I think it was funny because so my last job it was so out of the box, but it was a passion of mine. Essentially, I was an oyster farmer,
0: okay. but.
1: I worked in a hatchery spawning millions and millions of shellfish. And like anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with (laughs) malacology. This is nerdy. (laughs) Uh, Malacology, which is the study of like mollusks and then conchology or conchology, which is the study of shells. And so I, I ended up being able to get a job with like no biology degree. Like I have essentially a marketing degree or communications degree. Yeah. And that was like a real break in tradition from, you know, I grew up with parents who worked in corporate America and like, they were like, all right, this is what you're going to do. Like, you're going to go to college. You're going to get a good job. And like, you know, you'll be fine. And that's kind of the path you're going to follow. And so taking that job was really the first step in a long line of like regaining my confidence because like a lot of people told me like you know like don't take that job like you know what are you going to do after that like are you going to spend your whole career in it and I think that's where it really started it was such a hard job and it was so fulfilling and then after that like you know stepping into acting like my first acting job I got a very featured part and they didn't even know that I had no experience. And it was actually with uh-huh. a highly successful actress. It was with Annie Murphy on Schitt's oh, Creek. Wow. Okay. And I'd just gotten surgery on my hand about a month before. And oh. I... Was in physical therapy and I played a bartender opening bottles and I was like, oh my god!" I think like all these crazy things that I started doing that were, it was almost like I had to throw myself into the deep end and suddenly that started building my confidence, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it really was a slow process, but I mean, like, I think when I was younger, a lot of people thought I was almost like boastful or like had this very outgoing personality and I feel like I really did kind of lose that you know, as I got into those college years and then mm-hmm. those years out of college and I kind of sort of had to rebuild that and, you know, own who I am and not care what anyone thinks and be like, I, be proud of the person I am. I, I yeah. love the person I am. I have, you know, a great heart and like I care so much for my family and like I'm very traditional in my values, but I'm untraditional in my approach to life.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm the same way with you. You know, it's funny how like if you're, you know, like in high school or in college or wherever, you know, like wherever you were at one point, how people tend to kind of put labels on you. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've kind of had to deal with that. But really, at the end of the day, all all that matters is really like, just like what you said, like, just being around good people and like your family and like your friends and being around people that support you, I think is, is huge. You know, like, I have so many friends that just support me endlessly. And, you know, vice versa. I mean, I, I think that's really, what we have to do in life you know I mean we all have like those days where we really just don't want to like get out of bed and like go to work or whatever but I think you know when you have good people around you and when you especially when you know yourself and those people encourage you to know you as well I think that that just makes like a huge
1: difference in your life mm-hmm. especially like as of late for me it was just like my friends have really showed up for me and like I, yeah, I think so they though. could feel I was as I was starting to push myself more into that uncomfortability I tend to close people off because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't I it's almost like I have to get my footing underneath myself before I allow people in and my friends like yeah. yeah it's it's gonna make me cry but they like they text me and they're like hey like we saw you did this and like you know I wish you would have invited us like we would have loved to support you and like I had had friends in the past where it was like they genuinely didn't support me or like if I shared my passion, you know, it was like, oh, that's so weird. It was shut down. You know, it was very like the things I love are very niche. So it was like, oh that's so weird. Or like that'll never happen. Or like, you're so bizarre. And then, you know, to hear my friends like want to show up, want to support me. And then they do and they're like my biggest cheerleaders. Like the I have I don't have a big circle, but the friends I do have that I'm surrounded with are just Really good friends, and I'm so thankful for that. Like, I'm literally tearing up right oh now. Oh my it's god, so ridiculous! Oh no, but even my family, like, you know, my mom has always been such a good supporter and you know, just always yeah. cheers me on. And like, just this week, actually, I'm so excited, but my fiance and I have been planning this trip through Europe that I've dreamed about oh. my whole life, and I was so afraid to tell my parents and like. I don't know why I was so afraid but I guess I just didn't want them to think that like I don't it just felt like the dream of a lifetime and I didn't want to share it with so many people because I was afraid that people would shoot it down I guess right, yeah and my mom like she you know she pulled me aside and she was like you know it makes me upset that like you didn't want to share it with me like I know how big this dream is to you and you know dad and I you know we love you so much we're so proud of you like we know what this means to you, and it just meant everything to me, and it made yeah. it really made me realize that, like I close off a lot, especially to the people closest to me. Mm-hmm. and actually, people really do want to support you, and I can't believe yeah. I saw otherwise. And that's sad but it's like I'm so lucky I realized that sooner rather than later right yeah and like
0: seriously you're making me tear up right now too (laughs) (laughs)
1: this is such a therapy session amazing it
0: literally is it literally is and you know no like I can relate to you 100% like it goes back from like your past like my past like people that like when I modeled like people fucking hated that I modeled like they would fucking tear it down all the time and no one supported me. No, like, mm-hmm. only my, literally the only people that supported me were my parents and, like, two of my friends. And that's mm-hmm. it. And then literally, like, I get older. And, you know, I start doing more and more and more and more. And I branch out more. And now it's, like i get a new group of friends and they Mm -hmm. are so like again unconditionally supportive and it really does make you emotional because when you go from people not being supportive at all Mm -hmm. to just like this parade of just applause and people rooting for you it's just like this most it's literally the most like i don't know how to explain it it's like the
1: nectar of life it is
0: yeah this is amazing you know it's It's like this is what it's all about Mm -hmm. And it makes you feel not only like better about yourself, but better with like your life. It ma- mm-hmm. it just everything comes in, literally everything falls into place and everything comes together and you just feel so good, you know? And I, you know, it's, I've grown a lot. Like I think when you, from your teenage years to your twenties, like mm-hmm. I feel like you grow so much in such little time, mentally, physically, emotionally, like you just, you grow so much and I've noticed a huge growth point with me you know like I I would never even think I would be doing what I do today like five years ago like (laughs) you know like I would never you know what I mean like I would never believe it because you know I just didn't have that support but when you have that support it really makes you
1: feel like you can take on the world. Exactly. And I have to ask you, so, I mean, you really are out here doing everything. Like, you have a podcast, you're a graphic uh-huh. designer, you're an amazing photographer, like, you have oh, a creative stop. vision. stop. Stop it. No, really, you're <laughs> doing all the things that I also love, and it's, like, really cool to see another woman kind of, like – taking on all these different projects and I was so afraid to do that for so long and I think some of that was rooted in my college experience because there was this very rigid idea to success like you get you know A's you are the best athlete like you put in the work here you get a good job and it was just like I was so glad to get a degree and go to a great Uh, university and and be this division one athlete. But at the same time, it's almost like I had to kill a part of myself to survive because it wasn't the right environment for me. And part of that was I was so interested in so many different things. And like now I'm definitely at a point in my life where it's like, I love to write. I love photography. Like modeling is something I'm doing. If I get to do some acting, that's incredible too. And I'm trying to find a way to embrace all that and accept that like not everyone's going to understand that. the, The TED talk that I heard is, that I'm a multi-potentialite. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, if you listen to TED Talks, but it's like, there's this good TED Talk about like being a multi-potentialite in a society, especially in the United States, where there's a culture of excelling at one thing. Yep. So it's really cool to see that you're doing all these things uh-huh. and you know, you're creatively fulfilled and you're succeeding yeah. at them and you're uh-huh. getting that support.
0: Thank you. I mean, I can agree with that too. You know, I mean, when I was in high school, I, you know, I, I only my whole goal, honestly, when in high school, I didn't have a goal. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. I knew I wanted to do modeling. I knew I wanted to do something, something along those lines. Um, I did not think that I would ever model. You know, I, I never thought I would. Because again, just like you can relate, like I was never the, you know, quote unquote, pretty girl. I was never considered hot in, in high school. And I didn't really, I was never part of that group. So like, I was kind of that, I don't want to say, like, nerdy, but I guess you can say nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like i nerdy. Like, I had braces. I had acne. Like, I just wasn't the best. You know, like, I didn't wear any makeup. Like, I was very, you know, like, not mm-hmm. – what's the word? You know, I, was, I wasn't pretty. You know, I wasn't considered pretty. So – but I knew that I had a spark. I knew I had a talent as far as my art. I've been doing mm-hmm. art since I was literally, like, in diapers. So, you know, I knew I had a purpose in that. But I never thought that I could model or do any of that. So – literally what I, and this is, you know, this is what I say to myself every day. I I just say, you know, never underestimate yourself because no matter who, no matter who you are, you know, you're never going to be the same person that you were yesterday. You know, you just have to keep going. And and that's what I did. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I literally walked into an agency at 15 and I got a contract and then I left that agency and I walked into another agency and I got another contract and Mm -hmm that was what i did and then after a while i felt like you know i can grow more and i think just like as we were saying earlier like growth 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 mm-hmm. growth 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 that is the most important thing that you can give yourself is your growth you 100%. know 100 you have to grow as a human you know and at that point i was just not it wasn't that i, wasn't, that I wasn't like feeling modeling because i was I, I enjoyed it i was blessed to be in the industry i was blessed i was grateful to be in the position that i was but at that at that point in my life i was like but I can do more, you know, I can do more. I can, I can accomplish more. I can utilize myself more in ways that I would have never thought I could. So I took, you know, I, I literally, I, I stopped modeling and I was a really hard thing for me to do, but I did it in a sense where I knew that I could grow more. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I, I started my own art company and I started doing photography and I started doing this and, you know, I started, you know, doing so much more, and isn't and, it
1: funny how once you start doing mm-hmm. something, you can't stop.
0: You can't stop, and like yeah, that's yeah. the that's the thing that you said, like about being multi, uh, you know, multi. What's the word? Yeah, <laughs> really multi potential. Multi potential. Yeah. yeah, you have to really work. You know, you really, you know, you, it's not just gonna like come like like that. You know, mm-hmm. like it's gonna, you know, it took years for me. Like I, I, oh my gosh, it took years. But you just have to go for it. I think for me, right. a lot of people. They're afraid of taking that risk. They're afraid of just like losing everything. But sometimes you have to lose everything to gain everything. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. it's it's like the hardest process ever. Cause I've been through blood, sweat, and tears with my company and my model and like everything that I've done. I've like, oh my gosh, I've been on Cloud Nine and I've been crying on the bathroom floor at 4 a.m. So <laughs> I've been to both places, but if it wasn't for those both places, I wouldn't be able to see the vision that I have today. Yeah. So that's what you know. But that's the thing, you know, you really for me it's like I'm a very shy person, which a lot of people probably wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't like get cuz on, on my podcast I'm very you know like uh outgoing you know I seem very mm-hmm. outgoing but I I think when you are told that you're shy your whole life and you're quiet 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 and you know you're shy you know shy, 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 I think that just motivates you even more to just mm-hmm. like go for it you know what I mean just be like well maybe I'm maybe I don't want to be shy anymore maybe I'm gonna yeah. a podcast maybe I'm gonna use my voice for something and something good you know like maybe I'm gonna do something like that and it's you know it, it, to this day <laughs> I still get nervous doing podcasts sometimes <laughs>
1: to I was be so nervous doing it because you get into <laughs> like it's so easy once you get started to get into rhythm and kind of like right. share that vulnerability but you know at the beginning I didn't tell you, but I was so nervous because I've never done this before, Right. but I knew on the opposite side of that was going to be like a real building moment because it's outside my comfort zone Right. and I'm really going to grow from that.
0: Absolutely. And like, that's, that's what I say to myself every time I'm like, comfort zone, comfort, you know, a comfort Mm -hmm. zone never got you anywhere. You know, a comfort zone, they don't do anything. They don't, they, they fuck you over in the
1: end. Like they don't do anything for you. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes it's really easy to stay in that comfort zone for the sake of other people Mm -hmm. too. Like, I know I stayed in that because it was, like, all right, like, this is how people see me. Or, like, it's funny because I I was watching not too long ago because I love Taylor Swift, love her. Yeah. (laughs) And I was watching her documentary, and she kind of talks about, like, all right, like, I, you know, I went away for a while, but then it's like, when you come back, like women have to reinvent themselves a million times over oh, to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. But it was like, take on some change, but not too much change, change that we're comfortable with. And like, don't right. be too different. If we can't relate to you, like that's not relatable either. And
0: right. I think yep. about
1: that a lot because it was like, I got into this comfort zone and, you know, I definitely am focusing on like caring a lot less about anybody else thinks and just doing the things that fulfill me. And I got comfortable for a really long time in comfortability and it was boring. That was such a proud moment too was when I realized I'm bored. Like I do need more. I do. And the way to do that is like stepping outside that comfort zone. Right. And sometimes it's little things. Like for me, it was like the first time I posted like digitals on on Instagram. And I was like, what are people going to think? Like, oh, I think I'm a model now. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm like, older getting into the industry. And like, you know, there's things that I'm sure people are going to look at and go like, you know, she's not a model or whatever, but it's like, I don't, it's about the uncomfortability and it's about thinking that I can do it, you know? And
0: it's that vulnerability, you know, it's, it's going out there. And, you know, like for me too, like when I started modeling, it was, I was the same way, you know, I was going from this girl that people, you know, didn't think much of and was, you know, I don't like to say this but people you know with yeah like people call me ugly like all the time and I go from that to literally just modeling so that switch like boom going from that to that really quick was was definitely crazy but for me I knew that I had to get out of my comfort zone you know like again I was very shy like I wasn't that girl that was going out all the time with their friends and Mm -hmm. partying it up and like again I was never part of that crowd so I definitely had to work on that, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And you know, the modeling industry is not Mm -hmm. about being comfortable. (laughs) No. And you really,
1: it's almost like marketing, like you really have to market yourself. So it's like, You know, you have to go in with good energy, like you have to be well rested, like you have to, you know, be in the right headspace, like people can sense when you're off and like, especially if you're working with a designer, you want them to like you because you want them, you know, to do future projects with you, you always kind of have to be on. And yeah. Like that's not always easy to do if like you have a lot of stuff going on outside of
0: right. that, the work know? yeah mm-hmm. yeah so. nothing good came out of comfort zones you know and I I always say that to myself it's like it's like a daily affirmation I mean I always mm-hmm. say that you know nothing good ever came from a comfort zone comfort zones are not good they're you know it's but that's the thing like with with my with my life really I mean I've never just I've always um branched out you know I've mm-hmm. I've never just stuck to one thing and. it's so funny because each project I've taken on I mean yeah it's it's work you know it's definitely work but I a I love it b I enjoy it and c it's just like one of those things that you just can't get enough of it's almost addictive yes totally totally And you know it's like once you start one project you want to start another and it's each project has so many different experiences I've Mm -hmm. met so many people including you through my work and like my projects and everything and like Look what we're doing right now. You know, we're on
1: another project. You're definitely (laughs) a connector of people. Like, I mean, when I, you know, I've seen your podcast and like the work you do. And I mean, you're working with people who are living in like Italy or New York City. And it's just so incredible to see the way, you know, you've really connected with different people and you share their stories. It really is incredible.
0: Right. Like when I first started this podcast, I didn't want it to just be a podcast about me because I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm not going to just sit here Mm -hmm. and be like, I love myself. You should love yourself too. Love, love. Like I'm not going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And there's so many podcasts out there like that and like no judgment on them. But I mean, again, that's just not really my style. I just didn't want to be so rigid with it. I Mm -hmm. wanted to just give, you know, not only myself, but women, other women, you know, women to women, real conversations, raw conversations, conversations that, i guess are like therapy sessions ish like mm-hmm. you know conversations that are considered taboo in this world and you know topics that aren't necessarily going to be like the most beautiful topic or beautiful story you know but the fact that we can all learn something from those stories and the fact that we can all navigate each other in some way and relate to each other in some way through stories and through experiences and through mm-hmm. journeys i think that is just it's it's powerful it's powerful and you know for me it's just it's been such a this podcast has helped me a lot mm-hmm. you know with myself and with my own self growth as, as well you know when i first started this podcast just like you know you were so nervous and you know like i, I it's this is a, and i and i've talked about this before on this but i all of my shows are non scripted mm-hmm. i don't have a schedule i don't have like a little notebook like i write things down in my not- in my notebook such as quotes and things that people share about All the conversations... That I've had with everyone is raw like there's no Mm -hmm. like routine you know what I mean yeah it's
1: it's organic and that's organic in in that Mm -hmm. is the authenticity that people connect with and I think when you own your story it allows other people to relate to you and it helps them kind of move through their story you know
0: yeah and that's what we need you know we need more of uh support systems and you know support 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 I think even listening to a podcast that can be your support system you know because there could be someone that you don't know but yet they've gone through something similar or something that you can relate to in some way that is 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 deep and it means something to you um and that's what I've that you know I've oh my gosh I everybody that has this podcast including you like I can relate to you in so
1: much it's so funny it's, how much I, you can relate it is crazy because it's like yeah. you think you're alone and I always say to my fiance like the absolute worst condition is the human condition yeah. and I say that because it's like you think you're alone and because we can't feel what other people are experiencing it until they mm-hmm. really share what they're feeling, you know, yep. you really do like the worst thing to suffer from, I feel like is the human condition until yep. you share.
0: Right. Exactly. And then I exactly. realize,
1: oh, okay. Other people feel this way like other people have been through this. I'm not alone. And and when you start to feel that, you, you know, you start to feel a little bit better. I feel exactly. like and you own your story.
0: Exactly. And like, before I started this podcast, I was like, years ago I was like no one can relate to me like I'm I'm an oddball like there's no one's gonna relate same, to me story. Like, the
1: same way yeah and I was like
0: Ugh. but the more I've I've interviewed now oh my gosh like probably close to 75 people by now and I can relate to every single person mm-hmm. and I mean what does that show you I mean you know it's it's uh, you know everyone can relate to someone and definitely you know?
1: we're all we're all interconnected for sure a hundred percent and I feel like uh, one of the things I was going to say, going back to like the whole confidence thing or like bravery, yeah. stepping outside of your comfort zone is like, I know people look at me like, and this is quite often they say like, oh, you're so confident, this and that. And for whatever reason, that always drove me nuts. I was yeah, like, like, it drove me nuts because I'm like, I am not a confident person. I've failed so many times that I'm willing to take the two seconds of risk because I'm confident in the failure that I know yeah. I can get over it. And I think for a little bit, you know, a year or two, I kind of lost that. I did get comfortable. But it's like, no, I'm not confident. I'm actually not afraid to fail because I don't see exactly. it as failure. I see it as learning.
0: It's a lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And that, that's the thing with me, you know, that's the thing, you know, like another thing too is rejection. Like you can't take rejection personally. You, you know? can't. Mm-hmm. Although
1: I will say like I've done acting, I've done modeling. I was just talking to my fiance about this today. For some reason, rejection is easier to take in acting because now that I've done a couple of jobs and I've been in front of a camera, there are split decisions made on a set that are so technical. Like I got moved. I thought I was in like a pretty good shot. Then I got moved and they were like, all right, we're going to have you do this instead. And I ended up getting way more camera time. But it was because it was like I was too tall for the shot initially (laughs) so it was like there's it's way easier to take rejection for me in the acting world because it's like sometimes they do love you and it's just technically like you could look too much like a lead character or like you could look too much like this or too much like that or you know like we like you but you just don't have the right look it's easier to understand that rejection for me in the acting world the modeling world, I have found it's, like, it is a little bit harder, you know? It's, like, yeah. everyone's mm-hmm. a model. Everyone's beautiful. You're getting based on your look. So, it's, like, yeah. Yeah. I've realized you have to want it, but you cannot be attached to it. You know, you exactly. work you work on yourself. Like, you take care of yourself. You work out. You eat healthy, all that. But, like, I try not to be too attached to it. And, like, all right, there's always more in the future.
0: Exactly. Like, I went to a casting, like, probably six years ago, and it was like i forget where it was but it was pretty far away and i drove with my mom and for some reason you know i walk in there and i had like a really good you know with the director i was like yeah like this is going to go great you mm-hmm. know like i got like a really good vibe and i didn't get it and i i took it very personally i was like no like why and you know but i think that's just the thing you know you have to you know understand that yeah like if it if it's meant to be it will be and that's just like Mm -hmm. the way that life goes you know it's just like with dating someone like if it's meant to be it will fall into place and it will happen you know a hundred percent definitely yeah so before i let you go because i don't want to keep you (laughs) this is
1: such a good conversation (laughs) i
0: love it i love it like oh my gosh i love it so
1: (laughs) what would you say
0: is like one word or quote and i always say one word quote because i feel like People can either say both or one or the other. It's just like easier because <laughs> you never know what people are going to say. One word more quote that you just live by. Hmm.
1: Uh, I, I feel know. like
0: I feel like you say something like ocean. <laughs> like,
1: actually, that is so funny you said that because you know what I I was like oh I don't know what to say here. Um, I you know a quote that I do live by is because I do love the ocean is. And going back to, like, our whole conversation about, like, sometimes when my stock has been up, like, I'm having a really great time in life or, like, I've really worked for something and people try to take it away from you or, like, make it a negative thing. Right. And I've had friends who do that. Like, I'll say to them, you know, life is like the ocean. Like, right now, you know, the the tides ebb and flow. And, like, right now it's my high tide, but that doesn't mean yours isn't coming.
0: Right. Ooh. I like that. You know? It's true. It's true.
1: I had one specific friend too and she even like admitted to me later and she was like in a fragile place mentally and she was like like I admit it you know I I tried to take away your happy time because like um she was like you're having like the best time of your life and like right now I'm just having the worst time and it really hurt me to see you having such a good time and she like really genuinely apologized like many months later after a specific incident but like you know after that it was like it was kind of hurtful because it was like what she hadn't seen was like all the years I had like dreamed about that specific moment and like right. had waited so long for it and it was so fulfilling to me and like I had so many bad moments or like low tides you know right yeah like my stock was up in that moment and then I told her like hey in the future like you're gonna have these amazing moments and they're gonna coincide with times in my life where it's gonna be really hard for me but like I want you to know that I am going to cheer you on and like you deserve them. And like, I'm sorry, you're going through this time right now, but that doesn't mean in the future, there aren't great things ahead,
0: you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: timing is is a weird thing because you never know like
0: when the right time is, but when the right time is right, you'll know it. Exactly. You know, you'll feel it and you'll vibe it and Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll just fully enjoy it with your whole purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh my
1: gosh. Well, Emily, this has been amazing. It really has. Thank (laughs) you so much for having me on. I really appreciate
0: it. Oh my gosh, we will have this again. Like I, everyone like we'll have this again because the conversations on this are just like so
1: amazing. Absolutely.